right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey's Grant Fuhrer, Sports 1440. Let's go uh, in the community. Hockey Days uh, is on at United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35% off. Uh, United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years, as we welcome in Matt Parrish from the uh, University of Alberta Pandas Rugby Squad. Uh, Morning, Matt. How's it going, big guy? Yeah, good morning. How you doing? Oh, good. Good to talk to you again. It's been a couple of years since uh, we've yeah. last uh, spoken, but just kind of touch on how the season's been going for you guys this year. Uh, pretty good. Yeah, we've uh, we've uh, we had a sort of uh, a year where we've uh, we've got a pretty experienced squad. We've got about uh, eight or nine graduating players this year, so this is their year where they've got to put it all together. And uh, we've uh, we've we just uh, clinched the playoffs, getting into the playoffs at Canada West uh, next weekend. Uh, last we went down to Calgary and uh, beat the Dinos and uh, so yeah looking forward to our final home game this weekend and then a trip to to Lethbridge for Canada West the week after that. Yeah so you guys play um, Lethbridge uh, this Friday Footfield so what's uh, been the keys for your success uh, this year what's been uh, making things tick for you? I think just the the experience of the squad having those uh, those those uh, sort of senior uh, fourth and fifth year players just makes all the difference. You can you can move through things pretty quick. Uh, they know what you're talking about, um, and uh, I, I think uh, just that experience in the squad you know allows you allows you to be successful. Uh, you really uh, gave it to Calgary in the last match. Uh, what kind of touch on that one? Uh, yeah, it's always tough. Uh, we went down to Calgary on uh, on last Thursday, uh, played at McMahon Stadium, um, and again um, we haven't. I think we've won there in a couple of years, so it was it was nice to go down there and uh, and put some points on the board. And uh, we, we knew they were going to come out tough playing at home for, with their sort of last game of the season and uh, their graduating players and everything that. Uh, and so it was nice to to sort of pull away in the second half and, and put a few points on the board. Matt Parrish is our guest uh, on the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fear. Grant, you had something there? Who's going to be your toughest competition in the playoffs? Uh, it's always the BC teams. And so we're, we're going to finish uh, UBC and, and UVic are going to probably finish uh, in, in that one-two spot. And I think we'll finish third. Uh, and uh, so we're sort of aiming to be playing uh, University of Victoria uh, Vikes uh, in that semifinal. So we're looking to to sort of see if we can turn them over. We, we, uh, they've got a good squad because that's where, where the Rugby Canada um, uh, base is out of, so they always attract players uh, there. So, yeah, just uh, look over, looking to overturn them in the semifinal and get to nationals is obviously the ultimate goal. Hey, Grant, tell me you didn't play rugby too while you were playing for the Oilers, <laughs> did you? I have not played rugby, <laughs> so... <laughs> well, you were playing ball that one year, I guess, eh? I've played ball. I've played, yeah. yeah, a little bit of everything, but no rugby. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough sport for sure. So, who are some of the players, uh, Matt, that have been kind of excelling uh, for your team this year? Well, we've got about four or five players. As I said we've been with the program for uh, for uh, you know four or five years. Uh, they're in their final year, and they also even did our sort of junior Panthers academy before that. So, uh, our, our captains, uh, Shelby Players, who plays at number eight. Uh, Melina Ionides, uh, um, number nine, um, Janelle Amiot uh, in her fifth year playing in the front row, uh, Kate Manning in her, her fifth year playing at 10, 
Um, you know, that's what we call the spine of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, that they're sort of that core. So those guys have, have been stepping up and, uh, yeah, I'm just looking for them to continue that this weekend. So you've been with the program a long time, Matt. How have you seen, I guess, the growth of, uh, you know, women's uh, rugby? I mean, I think the sevens have come all, a long way. You'd probably agree with that. So where, where's yeah. the growth, I guess, just here in Edmonton with the sport? Well, I think it's, well, it's been 25 years. Uh, this is our 25th season, so it's a big year for us. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have a big dinner coming up on Friday night, sort of celebrating 25 years of the program. And it's going to be pretty neat to see, you know, those players that uh, started uh, 25 years ago and, and to the, obviously the current players. And I, and I think, you know, they, I think they get a big kick. The, the, the current players are where we started with, a, you know, a bag of balls and cones on a school field to where we, where we're at now as a, as a program. And I think that mirrors women's rugby, um, you know, throughout the country. I think uh, we've been pretty successful. Our, our national team um, is, you know, ranked fourth in the world uh, in, 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 in 15s. And uh, sevens has become a big deal with, you know, since the Olympics, uh, you know, back with Jenkist in 2016. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's moving more and more into that professional. And, and I think Canada's going to have to work to, to keep up with the rest of the world, um, you know, just with our, the challenges that we have as a country. But uh, but it's it's nice to have a small piece of it here in, uh, in, in Edmonton and kind of seen it grow over these, this time. We're going in the community with Matt Parrish, Pandas Rugby Head Coach. What's the uh, Junior Pandas Rugby Program all about? Well, it's one of those things where uh, we're trying to, to sort of get get in and help the community out a little bit. So we run a, a fall and a winter in the Dome uh, where we, we invite uh, high school girls, from actually grade 9 to grade 12 girls to come in and, and use some of our facilities and get some of our coaches from our um, our staff and uh, alumni and uh, uh, this year we had about 50 girls uh, come and uh, sort of try out to that and we'll probably get another 30, 40 in the winter time. And so it, it's just to try to help speed up their, their development. Um, so it really is, a. It, I think the, the, the local clubs enjoy that, the high school coaches enjoy that because their players come back, you know, a little bit more skilled, a little bit more knowledgeable uh, because it's a sport most of them don't take up till that time. So uh, we're just trying to, to sort of speed up their development. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Parrish is our uh, guest in the community, uh, Panda's rugby head coach. So uh, how does recruiting go for you, Matt? Where are you getting your players from, uh, I guess, uh, when you're kind of doing this in the off season? Well, that's the, that's the big part now. Uh, the uh, youth sports has become a, you know, uh, rugby has moved in youth sports to being a school where, you know, seven or eight schools are really um, competitive at the top level throughout each of the, the four conferences. And, Canada West is always is, is the, the the most competitive conference there, so we're always trying to struggle to, you know, recruit the top girls uh, across uh, Canada West, you know, Alberta, BC, uh, and uh, any that want to come in. Uh, so obviously, for for me, it's always you know that using the junior partners to help identify and develop the local girls into recruiting them into the program. Uh, but nowadays, we we've, we've got to look far and wide uh, for the you know for the top players. So I was actually. Uh, just in BC Kamloops for a big tournament uh, this past uh, couple of weekends ago uh, to try to see if I could uh, spot some BC girls that might be interested in coming. So it, it's a constant thing. Go ahead, Grant. Uh, now, would you have a harder time recruiting girls than, say, a place like Victoria just because of climate? 
Absolutely. Uh, climate, um, as I said beforehand, uh, people wanting to get out there, it's closer to the national program, so they see that as a, as a quicker route there. So I always have that battle with some of the top players. Um, but yeah, it is. It's, it's sometimes tough. U of A is a great school, so I, I use obviously that um, as one, uh, but I fight the other way. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you gotta you're battling with the, the BC teams and a lot of the the girls. They don't want to come out here. So how do you nope. <laughs> how, how how do you kind of dangle that nugget to them and say, you know, we're building something here. We got a good program. So like, how how do you kind of bridge that to get the the girls to get them out here? Um, I think we 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 always try to say, as you said, we we have a, a very good history of the program. Um, I think we're statistically the most successful program over the twenty five years. Um, so we say that we have some really good assistant coaches um, that some of the girls will know uh, from playing in national teams. Um, I, I, I tell them about the dome that we have here. Um, it has become a, a big deal for us in the sevens program. So. You're always looking to find that angle of what they're looking for. Um, uh, you know, it still comes back to the basic. What, what do they want to study? Is, is it a good course for them? Um, so those are, those are all the things you, you, you're trying to leverage against. Uh, some of the other things, uh, maybe the snow. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Parrish, uh, Pandas Rugby Head Coach, is our guest. Kevin Carey's Grand Fear Sports, 1440. So um, how do the, the, the girls handle the academic uh, workload, um, you know, because it's such a, uh, you know, it's a tough balance. So I kind of ask all the coaches that I have on, whether it be Chris Morris or, or Ian Herbers. So how do you kind of help the, the girls along to make sure that they're on top of their game, both on the pitch and then, in, you know, in the schoolroom as well? Yeah, for sure. It's a question I get asked a lot by, by recruits uh, uh, coming in is, is how, you know, how do, how do people manage, student athletes manage that? I, I think we're, we're very fortunate, Kevin. We have, uh, I think women's rugby attracts, um, uh, I, I want to say, uh, smart, smart women. I think they're yeah. intrigued by, by rugby. Um, I think over half of our players uh, in our squad of 36 are academic or Canadians. Um, so I'm fortunate that way. So I, I don't have too many problems. There's always one or two girls that that, that, that they do struggle, especially in that first year or so. Um, and, and U of A is great because they have all everything set up for them. It's just a question of them asking early enough. Um, we do sometimes our own little study halls. We get groups of the senior players who help out the junior players. Um, but uh, it, 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 it has been, uh, I, I don't want to say not a problem for us, but mm-hmm. it, it, I think I, I would say I've been fairly fortunate uh, uh, with, with the girls that we've had in. But it is still a balance. Yeah, it's tough for sure. Hey, Matt, thanks for this. Can you just run down what's uh, what's going on again with uh, everyone coming in for the uh, to celebrate the 25 uh, years and then the uh, 2013 championship team as well? Yeah. So so this weekend, Friday is our game against the Pronghorns at six o'clock at uh, Field on Friday there, uh, and then we'll be celebrating uh, the last team we won, U Sports Nationals, so our 2013 t- uh, team. Uh, 10 years, uh, so there'll be a, a celebration and uh, going on at halftime for that and obviously uh, rugby-wise obviously uh, a, a few uh, drinks in the lounge afterwards uh, for, for the alumni and for that team and then on Saturday night at, uh, at the Faculty University Club there we were having a 25-year 
uh, anniversary dinner uh, where we've got over uh, about 100 guests or so coming in uh, to celebrate uh, 25 years of the program. So it's a big weekend, though, yeah. one I'm looking really forward to is connecting with everyone again. Well, big party for sure. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a guy might have to check out the lounge. Uh, that, you know, how, Will there be a lot of the, the players from the 2013 team? Yeah, I think uh, obviously there's two or three that are out of town, but I, I, I would I think I've I've seen uh, maybe eighty mm, percent uh, of them mm-hmm. are, are going to be around. So it'll be a big it'll be a big celebration. I think they're all looking forward to getting together again. Right. Uh, hey, Matt, thanks for doing this. Good luck on the weekend and uh, good luck in the playoffs uh, moving forward. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, thanks, Grant. Cheers. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, Matt Parrish, uh, Panda's rugby head coach uh, in the community from United Sports and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. United's been supporting hockey in our community for over 95 years. Hey, you know, Grant, I, I played hockey on Friday. And I, I gotta go. I gotta go see Kelly Hodgson at, at United to pick up a, a couple of sticks. But um, I used an old Sherwood seven thousand wooden stick on Friday, and uh, I didn't think they still had those around. Well, I, I'm just. I, I couldn't. My last uh, fiberglass one or whatever, a graphite. I don't know. It's just there's nothing left in it anymore. But I used this seven thousand Sherwood. I probably weighed about six pounds. I could barely lift my arms after. <laughs> so, uh, do you? Well, I mean, when's the last? Like when you were playing, did was it all still wooden, or did you get to graphite at all, or not for me? Yeah. I mean, I had wooden sticks through my whole career, so I wouldn't know. I, I've picked up some of the kids' sticks here. And yeah, it'd be a lot easier on the body picking up. There's no weight to anything anymore. No, uh, but did you find that there was like even the wooden ones? You were they maybe lasted? I mean, not that you would have the comparison, but. I mean, it seems like the goalie sticks or all sticks are, you know, they break a lot more easier now. Well, I know the wooden sticks were a little easier on the pocketbook. So <laughs> I think the, the team's budgets went down a little bit with the wooden sticks. Yeah. But hey, guys I've talked to really like the carbon fiber and the composite sticks. So I, mm-hmm. I guess it's good. Yeah. I would have never experienced it. Exactly. Uh, When we come back, we will check in with Evan Grant uh, from the uh, Dallas Morning News, talk a little bit, Major League Baseball in particular. Uh, The Texas Rangers up 2-0 on the Baltimore Orioles in that series. It's a Carius and Fuhrer on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Uh, We're back right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carius, Grant Fuhrer with you on a gorgeous day, Tuesday uh, morning. Going to be a high of about 23 degrees. Uh, Duke, who was that? I don't know that one. That's a Texas Twister, Little Feet. Uh, just teeing, teeing up our Ooh. next guest at Little Feet. Little Feet. Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, mm. I wasn't familiar with it, but I seen it in the library here and figured it would be a fitting given okay. our uh, next guest coming up here in about 10 minutes' time or yeah, so. Yeah, we'll have Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News. Uh, text line open, Sports 1440 is the uh, 1-833-401-1440. Um, Texter coming in uh, wants to know Grant. Um, where did, uh, here it is. Yeah, from Sports uh, Sports College. Uh, ask Grant. Does he think that the they should go back to playing without the trapezoid? Grant, what do you think of that? I'd love to see him get rid of the trapezoid. Mm-hmm. I mean, goalies learn to play the puck. It's an art form. Some guys are good at it. Some guys aren't. And if you're trying to create offense. A goalie's got more of a chance of making a mistake than a defenseman does backhandling the puck. So, yeah, I'd love to see him get rid of the trapezoid again. Do you think they ever will? 
I'm hoping, <laughs> but hope doesn't seem to do very much these days. No, it doesn't, does it for sure. Um, so when you played the puck mostly, um, did you find yourself wandering a little more maybe than normal because you had the ability, uh, you know, to, to advance the puck or were you told to kind of stay or how did that work with Glenn Sather and things like that? It was, it was a field part of the game. Yeah. I mean, there was times you could go out and get it. There was times not to go get it. So depending on your group on the ice, the time of the game, what the score is in the game, there was you had to read all those different things into it before you decided to go out and create some havoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Carries and the Hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fuhrer with you on Sports 1440. Uh, so we were talking about it off the top, Grant, with uh, um, Turkey Day up here. Now, because, you know, you celebrate, I'm sure, the one in November more so with the American Thanksgiving, but do you try to sneak in another little extra Canadian Thanksgiving down there? Uh, you know what? This year we didn't because we just came back from vacation and the waistline wouldn't have been real happy about that. So, <laughs> so now I, yeah, go I ahead. text some friends and my kids, happy Thanksgiving. And down here, we don't really, well, we celebrated a little bit. I'm more interested because I get to lie on the couch and watch football all day. Yes. Um, you know, uh, so we were talking about, you know, the, the turkey sandwich uh, with the leftovers, what do you? What do you? What's your go-to? Do you do the mayo? What do you? What do you do for the turkey sandwich when you have it on uh, American Thanksgiving? Uh, a little mayo, a little mustard, and some salt. <laughs> mustard. Yeah, throw a little mustard on just for the fun of it. Man, so do you guys? Would you would you do a big big uh, American Thanksgiving kind of celebration? Um, it's way different, isn't it, compared to the Canadian one? Actually, Thanksgiving down here is probably bigger than Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the start of the shopping season. It's they go over and above for Thanksgiving down here, so it's it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you guys? Do you, would you and Lisa have a big uh, kind of a gathering? How does that work? Uh, we have we've had her daughter and son-in-law over with the grandkids, and some years we've celebrated. Some years. We've been out of town, so it's kind of hit or miss, depending on what the schedule says. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just awaiting Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News. He'll be with us in a couple of minutes. Uh, the NHL season kicks off tonight, uh, Grant, well, this afternoon, I guess, uh, with three games. But all eyes are in Pittsburgh to watch uh, Connor Bedard and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. What do you make of all the hype surrounding this uh, young, young hockey player? Uh, you know what? He's one of those extreme talents. But again, the National Hockey League is not as easy as people think. So he's all of a sudden, he's going to be playing against men and he's going to be a target. So it's, I think if he scores 25 goals this year, he's had a pretty good year. Um, I mean, it's it's yeah. going to be harder to score. What do you think of his shot? I think he's got a great release. Mm-hmm. I mean, from everything I've seen, he's got uh, almost like a Brett Hall release where it's quick and it's accurate. Um, do you notice, like, I, he, like he, he gets so much whip on his stick, and his hands are higher. It seems like his bottom hand is a lot higher than than normal. Is that is that fair to see to say that? Yeah, I mean, he's got a goal scorer's release. Yeah, where he's always got his body in good position to shoot the puck. Even if you think you've got him tied up, he finds a way to get his body turned in the right direction to get a shot off. Mm-hmm. And good goal scorers do that. So. A lot of people are wondering about, you know, he does a lot of toe drags. He did a lot of them in junior. Is he going to be able to get away with that in at this level? He'll get away with some, but you, there's going to be a veteran defenseman that he'll toe drag once too often. 
and that'll curtail that. <laughs> uh, like you think he's going to get clobbered here? Uh, somebody's going to step up into him. Mm-hmm. and then But they, that's why Chicago's added a couple of bodies. I mean, you've got a Corey Perry there now, and they're going to protect him pretty well. As, so he's going to get a little bit of room. Mm-hmm. So this is Sidney Crosby's 19th year. I mean, man, time flies. Um, what do you make of, I mean, that, that kind of matchup everyone's kind of talking about. You know, Sidney Crosby in 2005 comes in as the number one. Connor Bedard tonight, the number one. You know, it's a, it's a big hype game. But, you know, Crosby's he's had such a wonderful career but two different players so how do you kind of see this kind of shaking down with uh, between Crosby and Bedard tonight I think it's gonna be fun to watch I mean you've got obviously a phenomenal player in Sidney Crosby a great veteran and Connor Bedard who is they're expecting to be the next great player mm-hmm. so you've got one with expectations and one that's already done it so it'll be interesting to see the comparison. It'll be interesting to see how much they play against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Grant was my favorite player growing up. Uh, this comes from Shane. I grew up in Edmonton, and they won their first cup when I was nine years old. Uh, are you coming to Edmonton anytime soon, Grant? This uh, gentleman would like to, uh, I think, probably get some things signed. I think you're doing. Are you doing one coming up somewhere at? Uh, is it Pro-Am? No. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming up. I'm going to do a signing at Pro-Am. I'm also going to be around the Heritage. So, so we're going to spend a few days in Edmonton. Yeah, so you're coming up for that, and you've got uh, basically, um, uh, you know, for the Heritage Classic, uh, you'll be around. Uh, are you going to be doing any kind of, um, you know, other events kind of going on? Like, I mean, I think Charlie Huddy's going to be coming in to do some stuff as well. Well, he's, he's here already, but uh, have, have you kind of got anything uh, you know, as far as uh, details of what's going to be happening for you guys? Uh, I've got a couple of companies that have reached out to see if I'll come to FanFest and spend some time out there and visit some suites during the game, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i be around visiting with the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane says, I'm tickled to be hearing him on the air every week, by the way. So, uh, yeah, Grant Fuhrer is our uh, co-host uh, every Tuesday from 9 to 11. Uh, Duke, how are we making out with Evan Grant? Uh, still just waiting. He said about uh, probably closer to ten thirty or okay. so. So we'll uh, I'll keep everyone posted, but it shouldn't be a problem getting him on here before we're okay. out for the day. Sounds good. Uh, anything catching your eye, Grant? As far as uh, you, what you're looking forward to seeing, I guess with uh, uh, the NHL kind of starting tonight and maybe even branching off with the Oilers, uh, is there something that maybe you, 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 you were looking at in the preseason that you want to see maybe carried forward with this Oilers team? I'd like the way they played defense in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm curious to see how that goes over the course of the year or how quickly it reverts back to offense. So, I mean, with the Oilers, you know it's a good hockey club, but there, you also know that there's expectations. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle the expectations going forward. Um, so many people start talking about zone defense and things like that, what teams employ, if it's in Calgary or whatever. Um is that an analytical thing in the sense where uh, people are, are kind of taking a deeper dive? Uh, what, what's your kind of stance or on that, just a, a zone defense or basically, you know, man-to-man? What, what do you see there, Grant? I think you can play a little bit of both, but the best way to play defense is puck possession. Mm-hmm. If you have the puck, the other team can't score. And that's kind of how we played in the early 80s is, yeah, we had some breakdowns. You were going to give up some shots, but at the same time, 
if we had control of the puck, then we dictated how the game was played. <clears throat> and I think that's going to be a key for Edmonton is how much time and how much possession of the puck they have. And when it is in their end, do they make smart plays or not? Mm-hmm. Um, do you, is that personnel mostly, or can you, if you have the, the guys in your, you know, on your defense or whatever you want to call it, or, or do you, do you have to maybe go towards that system depending on the personnel you have, or how do you see that? I think it depends on each personnel group that's on the ice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see a guy like Darnell Nurse, who's very good with puck possession, but will sometimes make that one bad pass. It's just a matter of cleaning those little things up. Obviously, Ekholm's going to help mm-hmm. tremendously as he's extremely good in his own end. So it's just a matter of tidying up the little things. And they've got a great hockey club. They're going to score a ton of goals. It's just hiding up the little things in their own end. Uh, Kevin Carey's Grant Fear Sports 1440 text comes in. Love hearing Mr. Fear on the air. Great Edmonton uh, celebrity compliments coming in uh, for you, Grant. Um, um, Matthias Ekholm, you, you brought him up. Um, no preseason games. Is that a big concern to you? Or is it just a guy that's a veteran player that can handle just coming in without uh, seeing much action? He's a veteran guy, but you want him to be 100% healthy. Yeah. So if he misses the exhibition games, it, maybe you don't play him 22, 23 minutes in the first game. You kind of work his way slowly into it, but you want him 100% healthy. And if he's healthy going into the regular season, then you're already a better hockey club. Uh, text coming in to one uh, 401 uh, <laughs> There's one. We'll get to the, There's a couple here. Hi, hey guys. Please ask Grant about riding a horse in the Stampede Parade. Uh, was, he, was, was he the marshal? I, um, I, I'm not sure if I was the marshal or not, but it had been a lot of years since I'd been on a horse at that time. So, and uh, by the way, the last time I was on a horse was in the Stampede Parade. Oh. Uh, so what was that all about? So were you the marshal? I mean, you know what? I don't remember if I was the marshal or not. I think there was a couple of us that <laughs> rode horses in the parade. And definitely yeah. not in my character. No. So like, I mean, what, what kind of horse did you have? Like, was it like rusty off of Seinfeld or what? Actually, you know what? I had a great horse. So well-behaved, which was good, because if he decided to run, we'd have been in hanging on for dear life. So, <laughs> But no, it was, it, was, it was fun and it was different. Uh, text coming in, one 1440 Tell Grant, I grew up playing forward, uh, but when it came to street hockey, I always played goalie. Uh, finally got an old set of the brown leather goal pads and blocker. It took me about a week with a model paint, but I eventually had them painted to match his blue, orange, and white ones that he eventually started using. Always fun to listen to his view on hockey and other sports. That comes from Rob from the Rose City. Did you always, like, so you, the blue, orange, um, the mask, that was, uh, I guess I'm trying to remember, was, was your first mask always blue-orange or did, was it white? Uh, I started with the mask I had in Victoria that was, had a little red and blue. Mm-hmm. And then it went to white. And then we went back to the same paint job, but with blue and orange. And then we progressed into the Greg Harrison mask mm-hmm. that was the one that everybody seems to love. And that's the that's the main one that you wore for most of your career, you would say, right? Yeah, that's my favorite one of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, Framer Johnny sends in a text, one uh, 1440 What are your thoughts on the Shifley and Hellebeck contracts, Grant? I found that interesting. I mean, the, the talk for the last, oh, six, seven months is 
Hellebuck they were going to move. He wasn't going to play in Winnipeg and such. And mm-hmm. the fact that he goes out, signs a long-term deal. The fact that Shifley signs a long-term deal. I mean, it's good for Winnipeg. Now it's just a matter of building around those two because Hellebuck's one of the top five in the league right now. So yeah. they're going to need him to be good and they're going to need Shifley to be good. Uh, what do you make of Hellebuck? Is he, where would you rank him in the goaltenders uh, in the NHL right now? I think he's top five. Yeah. I mean, he's, he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves just because he happens to be in Winnipeg. And But he gives them a chance to win every night. And mm-hmm. I think that's the key is you want to give your team a chance to win every night. You don't want to be the reason that they can't win. And Hellebuck gives them a chance. Even the nights when they're not good, he still gives them that opportunity to win. Um, and what about Laurent Brassois? What kind of goaltender? How would you describe his play there? Uh, you know what? LB's been good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at how he played in Vegas, he played extremely well. He played well when he was in Edmonton. It's just a matter. he was He's a young guy that took a little bit of time to develop. And yeah. again, the hardest thing for a goalie is patience because everybody wants you to be good instantly. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And he just took a little while to develop. And if you look at him now, he's playing extremely well. How does a guy like that, um, you know, like sort of complement, uh, what's that that relationship? So Hellebuck knows he's the number one guy. He's probably going to play, I don't know, 60 to 65 games, whatever it is. Call it 60. And how, So how does Laurent Bressois kind of complement uh, that dynamic and goal there? Well, it's going to give them the opportunity that if they have back-to-back games or they've got a bunch of games in a short amount of time, they're comfortable having LB play. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a nice leisurely thing to have as a coach is that you know you've got a guy that can step in and play well so that your main guy gets a break. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Carey's Grant Fear on Sports 1440. On the subject of goaltenders, uh, I mean, Laurent Persuade obviously played here for the Oil Kings, another goalie that will be playing tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins, another former Oil King, and Tristan Jari. What do you make of Tristan Jari's game, Grant? Uh, You know what? He's been good. Maybe not as consistent as Pittsburgh would like, but he's been really good. And for Pittsburgh to be successful, he has to continue to be good. And you got to find that where it's, again, you don't have to be great, but you have to be good every day. And that's probably the hardest thing as a goalie is trying to be that consistent, good every day. And I thought a lot of guys get caught up again in the hype of you have to be great. You saw that last year in Edmonton that have to be great. You see that in a lot of cities where you look at Calgary last year. Markstrom had a tough year, but they expect him to be great. Well, you don't have to be great. You have to be good. And you have to be good consistently. And the hardest thing about being a starting goalie is finding that consistency. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kevin Carey's Grant, if you're going to take a quick break, we're trying to hook up with Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News to talk a little Major League Baseball. Uh, one other note regarding the NHL coming in from Chris Johnston uh, with ties to Sports 1440, obviously. Uh, Noah Gregor continues to skate in a regular sweater at Leafs practice. Would expect he'll officially sign a contract soon after attending training camp on a PTO. Um, have you seen a lot of Noah Gregor play last year? Did you see lots of his game in San Grant? Uh, you know, I saw a little bit of it, but not a lot of it. Yeah. But very, very sound, very consistent player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, like a lot of, uh, you know, he's got the talent for sure. He can skate like the wind for sure. So uh, maybe he can uh, turn his PTO into a, a contract with the Maple Leafs. So we'll take a quick break here. Uh, try to hook up with Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News. Uh, more with Carius and Fuhrer on sports 1440 right after the break. 
All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, still trying to hook up with Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News, uh, but being not having a lot of success. The Duke of Delburn has been on the horn trying to get uh, Evan Grant, but uh, to no luck so far. Uh, we'll keep working on that. So anyway, Grant, today, Texas uh, and uh, Baltimore. So uh, the two games, that the first game in that series, Texas uh, won 3-2, to two, uh, but... On Sunday, 11-8. So today, uh, they play tonight at 6 o'clock our time, 8 o'clock Eastern. And the Houston and Minnesota play at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern and 2 o'clock our time. Uh, Is there something in one of those series that's kind of caught your eye too? I I know you said you haven't really watched a lot in the sense that you were kind of focusing on the Blue Jays, Grant. But uh, um, could you see one of these teams maybe taking a deeper run in in the playoffs in in Major League Baseball postseason? You know what? Houston just seems to find a way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but they've built a good organization there. I mean, if you look at what Mr. Crane's done with the Houston team, their farm system, it's almost like it's a plug and play organization where if somebody gets hurt, somebody goes down, somebody gets traded, they've got somebody that can step in right away. And they just seem to find a way to make it to the playoffs. And then they just find a way to to win. It may not always be the prettiest, but it just seems to happen. And again, they're there in the playoffs and they're playing good baseball. You know, uh, Jordan Alvarez is just a phenomenal player. If he could ever stay healthy for a complete season, I mean, you're looking at a guy that's going to belt you 50 home runs. He's going to probably knock in 120. Uh, the problem with Jordan Alvarez is just that he hasn't been able to stay uh, healthy as well. But um, they've got some other young guys like Kyle Tucker is just a, a real young player. He's, you know, he's he's uh, 26 years old. Alvarez is the same age. They've got some building blocks, uh, as you mentioned, uh, in Houston that can really uh, – you know, that are there for, for a few years. Um, is there something else in that series that you think and maybe if Houston, you know, we kind of talk about it like a, almost a team of destiny as well. Uh, the Astros have been able to do that. They've had the success in the past. You know, they've been able to um, put together a pretty decent pitching staff. The other thing with them is that, I mean, they've lost a lot of guys. They've lost some guys, some key players, uh, but they seem to just be plugging and and putting those holes together. Um, if if you if you weren't weren't going to say Houston, is there another team that maybe uh, maybe you think might push uh, and go on a deep run here? Well, that's why I'd like to see Texas win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a Houston and Texas series would really be interesting because now you've got cross state rivalry, so that's going to ramp things up a little bit. And Arizona could be the sleeper. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing. Nobody's given Arizona any credit, and yet they've jumped out to the 2-0 lead on the Dodgers, and they've looked good doing it. So could I see an Arizona-Houston final? I could. Yeah. So I, it would be two teams of destiny, which I think would make for a great World Series. Do you pull for an underdog like Arizona quite often? Yeah. I like to see the underdog win. Yeah. I, you like to see new teams win. I think that's the big thing is everybody – you get tired of seeing the same teams win. Although with our squad in Edmonton, we enjoyed winning all the time. So it's, it's a nice <laughs> feeling when you're playing, but fans, I think like to see a different team win. I mean, everybody was happy to see Vegas win last year. So you like to see different teams in the finals, having a chance to win. Hmm. Uh, I just got a text from an old friend of yours. Bill Ranford just texted me. Uh, we were going to try to get Bill on today, but uh 
He is open to do it another day. So uh, we'll have you and uh, Bill Ranford maybe on next Tuesday. That's, how's that sound, Grant? That sounds awesome. Billy R is great. Isn't he? So it would be a lot of fun. What uh, What do you remember about him, like that uh, kind of relationship that you had with Ranford? Uh, you know what? Billy's, one, he's a great guy. Two, he's a phenomenal goaltender. So, I mean, you have a guy like that as a partner. He pushes you to be better. And I think that's that's part of what makes you good, is you need to have a partner that pushes you and forces you to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's what Edmonton's got right now with the two guys. I mean, between Skinner and Campbell, they're going to push each other for ice time. And when you have that, it's kind of a coach's dream. You don't have to do any work. The two guys are going to push each other for playing time. What kind of, like, when you looked at Bill Ranford, I mean, he was so quick in goal. Um, he had the reflexes, really. And, I mean, he, he when, how would you describe the way that he played at that time in that era, I guess? You know, he was a stand-up goalie that had phenomenal reflexes, but could also throw his body around if need be. I mean, it was the whatever it took to stop the puck. That's what Billy did. But technically, he was a very good stand-up goalie, very good with his angles, had a great glove hand. The time that you spent with him here, um, what would we say? Well, quite a few years, I guess. Um, how would that relationship like? I mean, we talked about the Hellebuck and, and Bressois kind of angle. Kind of describe what it was like to have that relationship with Bill Ranford here. Well, you know what? You're partners. So you you want the other guy to do well because it forces you to do well. And if you're both doing well, the team wins. And that's the ultimate goal at the end of the day is for the team to be successful. So, you know what? It's great to have good partners. I mean, I was lucky in Edmonton. I had Andy Moog and Billy. Yeah. They're both great goalies. They both force you to be better. And part of why I was as successful as I was is I had them pushing me. What was the difference between the relationship you had with Andy Moog and Bill Ranford? You know what? It was pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Been good friends with both of them ever since we played. So that's part of it is you're there to cheer for the guy when you're not playing. And he's there cheering you on when you are playing. And yeah, we both like to play as much as possible. But at the same time, the ultimate goal is for the team to do well. You kind of had, uh, I'm just looking, I'm, I'm, the, the first full year that Bill Ranford came here, you played 59 games, Ranford played 29. Um, that was a season where uh, you had the kind of, you know, obviously it was Wayne Gretzky's first, the year that he was gone, right? So what, what do you remember about that season basically because of what the trade was and when, when Wayne left and in the, in the sense that you were sort of, well, not really, not a rebuild, but you were sort of reloading. Kind of just touch back on that year, Grant. You know what? I think we started the year, everybody was in shock. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously nobody thought Wayne would ever get traded. So then once you come to the realization of that, then you still want to prove you're a good hockey club. And I think that was the big thing is we still had a lot of really good players. So you want to prove that, you're not a one-trick pony, that you're still a good hockey club and you can still win. So in one sense, you're disappointed that you lose a teammate. In the other sense, you want to prove a point that you're still good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of said you were in shock. When did that, when did that kind of wear off, I guess? Like once you get the games going, then mm-hmm. it's business as usual. I mean, I think that's the great thing about hockey is once the puck drops, you forget about all the outside stuff and you just play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Carey's Grant Fuhr Sports 1440, text line 1833-401-1440. Send us a text if you want to send uh, something to Grant. Uh, Barber from 
Peace River sends in a text for yours. It says, uh, uh, who's your team in the NFL? Mine are the Eagles, and you are the best goalie ever. Um, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but just uh, maybe tell our viewers again, our listeners, pardon me, about your uh, your top team in the uh, NFL. Yeah, I'm still a diehard Packers fan, good, bad, or otherwise. So we've had some good years. We've had some bad years. We've had some in-between years, but I'm still a diehard Packers fan. Um, who were your favorite players kind of growing up watching the Packers? Ah, uh, Michael back. John Brockington oh. was a fullback back in the day. Oh. Uh, you had Don Mikowski there. You had Brett Favre, obviously Aaron. Yeah. So, I mean, it's some great players. Sterling Sharp, who's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. So, I they've had some talented guys there. Uh, how did you become uh, friends with Sharp? Yeah, through golf. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of golf is you get to meet guys from the different sports and such. And Sterling and I kind of hit it off 20-some years ago, maybe longer, and have just become good friends ever since. Uh, Brian R. from Spruce Grove, I believe you probably would know this uh, gentleman. Tell Grant to keep his clubs polished up because Barry and I are going to come down once the snow flies and stick handle on <laughs> at a few courses. <laughs> uh, two brothers I grew up with, so... The clubs are always polished. Yes. The golf game's not so polished right now, but I'll be fixing that shortly. So uh, have you been able to get out much here? I mean, with a little bit of travel, you haven't probably played as much as you liked? Uh, you know what? I haven't played that much. I went down and played in Ken Duke's charity event in Florida, and then we skipped over to Bermuda for eight days. So I didn't play at all in Bermuda. Mm-hmm. And then I played yesterday for probably the first time in a couple of weeks. And so probably we'll keep, once the hockey schedule settles in, I'll get back to working on the golf game a little bit. And what, what, 73, 74 yesterday? No, I was bad yesterday. I think I was 79. <laughs> uh, texter says, uh, DK, hey, Grant, who had your number in practice, DK in St. Albert? Um, you try not to let anybody have your number. I mean, <laughs> it's a pride thing, and we may have played for the odd lunch here or there, so you try not to let anybody have your number. And everybody has a good day. Fortunately, as goalies, we have the advantage because you have to face us every day. So mm-hmm. I don't have to move a whole lot. You have to create offense. Um, were you the type of guy that really loved practice, or did it kind of did you have to kind of get fired up and and things like that to to get out there? No, I enjoyed practice. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed being competitive, and I didn't like to get scored on even in practice. So, it, one, it's competitive. Two, it's fun. And Glenn Sather made it fun. I mean, mm-hmm. our guys, we didn't practice long, maybe 45, 50 minutes, but it was always competitive. So it, it was fun to practice. Did you have, like, I mean, they always say, um, I remember Glenn Hall, I think I've told you this story, like he, he just didn't want to face a large number of shots in practice. Did you kind of gauge that to where you were, that so you weren't facing a lot of rubber? No, I didn't worry about it. Okay. I mean, if we got... Five or six hundred shots, so be it. It's just it was a good work day, so I, I enjoyed practice. And mm-hmm. as a goalie, you kind of like it when they gear a practice towards goalies because you get a lot of quality work in. Did you? Um, I mean, I th- I, I'm, if I can recollect it correctly, it's uh, was it uh, Peter Zoski's book talking about um, you know the Oilers because they were such a uh, a dynamic team, and in practice you were practicing against the best players. Did, how much did that make your game improve, I guess, over the course of your uh, career when you were here? 
playing against the best players in the world every day, yeah. you had to get better. Otherwise, you got embarrassed. <laughs> so that was the fun part. Our guys liked to score, and they had no issue with it. So, and I, Andy and I, Billy and I, none of us loved to get scored on. So it forced us to be better just so you wouldn't get embarrassed. And Glenn had some drills that during line rushes, if the forward scored, the goalies had to skate. Mm-hmm. And goalies hate skating. So you didn't want to give up anything. Hey, did you have a lot of scrimmages in practice? Or were you like, like what was the kind of breakdown in that? No, we we ran a lot of offensive drills. Okay. I mean, we didn't have, we didn't work on a whole lot of defense until oh, probably three weeks, a month before playoffs. Hmm. But we did a lot of work on the offensive side of things, which for a goalie is fantastic because you're getting game-like work in. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have shootouts back then, but did you guys have do a lot of you know breakaways and things like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, there may have been a dollar or two that exchanged hands <laughs> on breakaways and such. So. <laughs> no, I, I love breakaways. I wish we'd had a shootout back then. You Do you do, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think a goalie's got an advantage. For I mean, sure. As long as you can be patient, you've got a huge advantage. So... What have I got? I think I've got a hundred and some ties, so I'd love to have had a shootout. Yeah, for sure. So when you were, um, I, I guess, like if you're looking right now, who would who would you want to face in a shootout? I guess, like right now. Um, I think pride wise, you want to face the best players. Okay. And I think if you can, if you can face the best players and you can shut the best players down, one, your team feeds off of that. Mm-hmm. Two, it builds your confidence. Yeah. Uh, Moy, good stuff again, Grant, this week. So uh, kind of what, what's shaking for the rest of the week? Do you uh, uh, Friday's the first game against uh, Bakersfield for Coachella Valley? Yep. So I'll spend the next couple of days going down to practice and seeing the different line combinations. Mm-hmm. I'll go over and watch Bakersfield on Thursday. And they've got some talented kids there. So see what their line combinations look like. Maybe see if I can track Keith down, <laughs> yeah. see, what's, see what's going on behind the scenes there and just get ready for Friday. Must be exciting, right? You know, it's just, do you, do you feel that in your gut that you're ready to roll here? Oh, no, I still love hockey season. Yeah. I mean, October's a great month. I get the beginning of hockey and 31 days of horror movies. So it doesn't get much better <laughs> than that. Yeah. You got a, What's your favorite horror movie? I'm still a huge fan of The Exorcist. And oh. they just came out with the 50th anniversary of it. So... There's another one that I haven't seen yet, but I'll be making a journey to see it. Ah, that's scary stuff, man. I can't handle that. Uh, You know, goalies are a little different. Yeah, that's right. So, hey, uh, so thanks for this one. I hope that we'll uh, have uh, Billy Ranford on uh, next uh, Tuesday. So, uh, I look forward to it. Yeah, good stuff again, Grant. Uh, Thanks to all our guests today. Stephen Ellis from uh, Daily Faceoff, Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli, of course, our co-host, Grant Fuhr, 9 to 11 every uh, Tuesday. Howard Balzer from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Uh, And we will try to hook up with Evan Grant another time. Hopefully, I would think Texas is going on in a little bit longer of a playoff run, so we'll check in with that. Uh, Coming up at 11 o'clock at the top of the hour, it's the former... Not Roshep Tiber today. Connor Halley under the weather. What? So it's going to be myself and Declan Freddy Krueger oh! steering the ship here for the next hour. Freddy Krueger's in the seat, in the hot seat, man. Oh, okay. Well, now that we've got that uh, low down with low tide, 12 to 2, and then Jason Greger takes us home on Sports 1440, uh, 2 to 6. Uh, thanks uh, once again, Grant. Good stuff. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Uh, Before we uh, hit the brakes here, we'll go to a sports update with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Uh, Have a great, great day, everyone. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 7 o'clock.